Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. You're tuning into Unitunes, the show where we seek to so- showcase the soundscape of Sydney's underground scene. I'm Finn. And I'm Archie. Today we're excited to be talking to Sydney-based alternative R&B artist Jazzy Dale. But first, we want to acknowledge and pay respect to the traditional custodians of the lands on which we're recording, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. So, welcome to the show, Jazzy Dale. Um, Thank how you. How are you feeling being behind the mic? So good. Love being behind a mic, as per usual. <laughs> yeah, this is very exciting for me. I don't do this very often. Yeah, awesome. it's, it's, it's great to, to have you on the show and to be on the show as well. Back to normal, it feels like. Yeah, this um, is our first one in a while, so oh, really? it's exciting for all of us. Exciting. Yeah. I'm honoured. All right. Well, uh, we always start our episode with some rapid-fire questions, so let's get right into it. Are you ready? Yes. All right, cool. We'll start by asking you, how long have you been making music for? Um, I would say about six or seven years. So who is your favourite artist right now? I always love Georgia Smith. Like, she's my just my all-time favourite. Great. Do you have a music-related unpopular opinion? I'm going to have to think about this. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe, oh, that's a bit. I don't know how <laughs> people are going to feel about this, but I think performing with tracks... Is better than performing with a live band. Right, okay. We will ask you to elaborate on that later because that's really interesting. Yeah. Cool. What is your musical guilty pleasure? Oh, I love a good belt and a good run. Like, just riffing all over the place. Just I'll never put it in my tracks. I'll just keep it minimalistic, but I love just playing around with it. Final question, or final rapid-fire question. Explain your sound in three words. I would say soulful, smooth, and vibey. Great. Well, that's the end of the rapid fire questions. That was probably one of the most rapid we've done. Yeah, that was really <laughs> efficient. We we have a really bad habit of asking to elaborate on the rapid fires. It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> um, so let's talk about your brand new single, Mr. Right. So congratulations on, on Thank you you know, so creating much. that and, and, and publishing it. Um, it's a beautifully soulful track with smooth production and even smoother vocals. Can you tell us a little bit about what this song means to you? Um, this song is just, I think I just wrote this song in a particular time of my life where something had just happened with the guy that I was seeing. And so it like was definitely a way of like, it. this song is like therapy to me. Like, this is how I got every single emotion out. I would say I'm quite fiery and hot-headed. So if something, like, pisses me off, I tend to get, like, a little bit, like, angry. And this song, being able to write it and just, like, get it out, kind of, like, made me not get angry. (laughs) So do you find that a lot of your music is like that? I mean, your, your songs all kind of have a similar theme. So do you find all of your songs have been sort of therapeutic? Yeah, I definitely will always write songs about everything going on in my life at that point in time. I just decide to release the songs that go best with my artist project, but I do write a mean ballad when I'm sad. So that that is really interesting you say that because the song, even though it's quite a melancholic subject matter and the lyrics are really vulnerable, your vocals do have a real confidence to it. So as part of that therapy process... Do you feel yourself coming out of whatever awful experience it is, feeling self-assured that you're coming out strong? Um, 
I don't know if I like. That's a tough one. I think I just, I didn't come out feeling strong. I don't think I just came out feeling like, you know what? It's not the, like I came out feeling like the vibe that I just Mm. don't care. Like it's, I was like, "Mm, I feel better now that I've written this, but like it's what happened to me is not the worst thing in the world. So we're just going to act like that. Yeah. So your music is is quite evocative of sort of 90s R&B. Uh, what influences have played on your music and on this track in particular? I always take a reference when I go to record a song to show my producers. There's this song called Give Me a Reason by a girl named Bennett and I just was rinsing this song like this song is amazing and that's basically what we based this song off but also me and my producer have worked long enough with each other to like he will know what I like and he knows the vibes that I go for I don't know where the 90s came from where the 90s sounds came from but they just came in somehow <laughs> so we just stuck with it and it works yeah, yeah it, it works. does um so when you work with your producer and you've got like a reference point what are the challenges involved in trying to make sure that this song is capturing what you love about that reference but also being new and bringing something unique to the table I would say my biggest challenge is probably communication because I'm not super strong at like being like, hey, play a D minor. Like, yeah. I don't, I can't imagine what that sounds like in my head. Like, I don't have perfect pitch and I just don't know. I also don't play any instruments super strong. Like, I'm, they're not like, so I sing first. So if, when I communicate something, I literally have to like, make sounds like I have to be like I want this sound and then like it takes like sometimes it'll take so long because it's like you can only sing it so much until it's like you actually find the right sound like in one of my songs I think I wanted like a bubble sound at the start of it like a popping bubble I was like (laughs) like for so long until we could find it like I think it took us half an hour to find that exact sound um so Mr. Wright was even played on Triple J um Congratulations on that. How did it feel having your music played on such a significant airway? Pretty good. Like, um, Triple J is amazing for new music. Like, they really just, they're like, that's the station to be on if you want to, like, get your song, new music out there. But, like, um, I don't know. I always fangirl over Dave Ruby Howe. I don't know. I just feel like he's a really tough critic. And if he likes your song you know, you've made it. So when he played my song, like he premiered my song and he was just saying so many nice things about it. I was like, wow, I feel great right now. (laughs) I can imagine that when you're putting your music out there and it's, you know, hitting the radio and whatnot, it's very exciting, very rewarding. But when it is a song that's really vulnerable and come from a personal place, is there a bit of difficulty in embracing the fact that people are going to hear it, even though it's your life? Not really, because I like to write my songs in the sense that, like, they're very personal to me, but it's, like, also could be taken as, like, a universal experience. Mm. So, like, everyone's been cheated on before. Well, not everyone, but most people have been cheated on before and, like, like a lot of people would have probably found out the way that I found out they got cheated on. Like, (sighs) boys will be boys. And I like to, like make it so that I like to make music so that other people can relate so it's my story 
but then like other people are able to relate to that and I think that's like amazing like it makes me feel also a lot better about what's happening yeah. to me that people can relate that's really nice have you had people reach out and tell you well this song really speaks to me in the place I'm in at the moment yeah wow. literally especially with this song they're like oh my god I just found out my boyfriend cheated on oh me no. and you released this like two days ago I'm like I'm so sorry <laughs> At least you're there for them. Yeah. In music. New friends. I've got that, that breakup track <laughs> blasting. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so Shitty Car is another um, sort of breakup anthem, talking about a shitty ex-boyfriend that is, is as shit as the car, I suppose. <laughs> um, what was the process behind this track? So I wrote this song with Cyrus, who's my producer. He's like my producer for most of my songs. Um this was like we wrote this song the first day we met and I was actually in a relationship at this time and it was a long relationship I would say um it was about two years and he just had like gotten a new car he didn't want to chat to me because he was always driving his new car and like just like the whole like you're gonna need to pay me for petrol I'm going to drop you somewhere. No like, way. He was like, yes. <laughs> no. And it was, he said it more than once. Jeez. And that's the thing that like really irked me. We went on a date. No. And he picked me up. He lived in like Bronte and he picked me, I don't want to expose him too much, but he lived in Bronte and he picked me up from my house. I live in Bondi. So that's like a 10 minute drive. Close. It's a very close. It's a 10 minute drive. Then I was like, we should walk to dinner because we're going to dinner in Bondi and like nice walk. He's like, no, can we drive? Obsessed with driving his new car. And then we go to dinner, split the pay, like, anyway, so equal rights, you know. And then we drive back and I get out of the car and he's like, oh, like, do you want to transfer me some money for petrol? And I'm like, how much money do you want for petrol? And he's like, I don't know, like, five bucks. Like, boy, I'm not transferring you five dollars that is also such an effort to go into my bank account and transfer five dollars <laughs> so petty so petty like That's i've insane. been dating you for two years and you have the audacity to ask me for five dollars <laughs> i couldn't anyway, i broke up <laughs> with him so fair enough on <laughs> yeah. the spot very fair not on the spot <laughs> i broke up with him later i broke up with him right after i Right before I released Shitty Car. <laughs> Couldn't do it anymore. What I really like about your storytelling, both in your music and outside of it, is I feel like you have these punchlines. So, you know, that it's the petrol with um, Mr. Wright. There's the fingernail, which I saw on Instagram. So does it help kind of having these central images that you can kind of build a narrative around? It definitely helps for content. <laughs> because that I would say is my biggest struggle like filming content and then I'm like my manager and my label they're all like we want you to show your personality more and I'm like I don't know how and also I'm scared of hate the last time I like promoted shitty car on like TikTok I think I it got put on the wrong side of TikTok or right. something we got put on like a car side because I did like hashtag car. Oh, right. Oh, hate comments. I think I got like 300 hate comments telling what me to way? go like, <laughs> telling me no one loves me, never sing again. Like <gasps> literally like, I'm like, oh, okay. What the hell? 
TikTok. Kind of funny though. Yeah, like. it's funny because um, in from what I've seen, men on TikTok are brutal. Like they are so <laughs> mean. Like sometimes I look and I'm like, how is your mother letting you speak to a woman like this? That is foul. Something's gone wrong along the line. Yeah, something's gone wrong. Could they bored? <laughs> 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 so how much do you think that that sort of promoting your music on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, how much do you think that plays a role in in how many listens you get and how much sort of popularity you have? I don't know what it plays into how like how it plays into how many listens, but like popularity, I remember before my song was even released, I was coming to uni, I was in like the Seymour building, and I was just, like, walking around, and everyone was like, I know you won't get that far. Like, people who didn't even know me. And I was like, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a great feeling. Yeah, wow. Well, I have to say we respect the promo grind, so many photo shoots, video shoots on your page. Um, What's one of the more fun parts of leading up to a song release? Getting to choose the outfits. Mm. Oh my god! Like I would just be online shopping for weeks, and like most of the time, I don't even have to online shop because mm. the thing is with a photo shoot, you want to make it photo shooty. So you probably should get a stylist yep. so it doesn't just look like you've like thrown on what you're gonna wear out and just taken professional photos. But like I just like like to be like send my stylist like oh. This is what I want. If you could get this too. Like, it's so fun. And getting your makeup done, getting your hair done, like, all the prep, like, nails. Mm. I'm such a girly girl, but, like, I love that stuff. Like, that's my favourite. Yeah, cool. And I suppose when you've got, like, a label and assistance behind you, does that make all of that uh, all that part of promotion just a bit easier? Yeah, the label definitely helps me a lot. Like, we, like sit on we'll sit on zoom and we'll do like a content plan still hard to like because it's like my song was originally supposed to be released on the 18th and then it got moved to the 14th because it was being premiered on triple j so i had about like 10 days of content to fit into like three days Mm. so it was definitely a struggle and it's just like all of the story times and stuff like it was definitely fun to do and it was definitely fun to, like, bag this guy out in front of everyone. <laughs> but, like, um, it was just hard for me to press post, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, like, I always, like, worry about what other people are going to yeah. think. But the more I've, like, posted, the more I, like, care less. Like, right. I had to post a TikTok last night and I was just, like, thinking, like, if someone tried to make me post this a couple months ago, I would actually just rather drop dead. But you got to do what you got to do, and I don't care anymore, so it's okay. Nice. On the flip side of all of the hate comments that you got on on shitty car about you know hashtag car, <laughs> <laughs> did did you get much support you know in your comments saying you know you go girl whatever? I got support from my friends. <laughs> like, my friends came in to bat for me. Actually, my ex-boyfriend's little sister, who the song is about, came in and absolutely, like, fought. I think she fought with every single person oh, who wow. commented in that section, like, so, which was nice. really sweet. Yeah. But, like, um, it was just my friends. But, like, I, it was more, like, in-person support. 
like I could see the support from like Triple J and yeah. like all the other radio stations and it was just like that's what's more worth it. Like I don't care if people are like, oh, good job. Like, you know, it's mm. not the most important thing to me. Like, And also people have their own taste in music and I knew it, Shitty Car probably wasn't going to be most people's taste in music. Like I'm – I knew it like most guys would not drive their car and listen to it because, you know – they were probably, yeah, they just, yeah, I just know that. You know what I mean? Like, I know that most of my guy friends would not listen to it openly. Yeah. Well, it is a fantastic song. And like you said, if it's something that you really like, how do you balance the music that you want to make and that you want to listen to with what you think is going to play well with your target audience? That's hard because I, I don't really think about that. Okay. I literally just write what I want to write. Like, I write so many, like, different genres, different things. So I love R&B. I love to sing R&B. And I love R&B because all of, like, the runs and, like, everything. Like, it's uh, – and, like, the melodies. Um, But, like, I've written a few rock songs as well. Like, not heavy metal rock, mm. but, like, just, like – pop rock type vibes yeah. that like play really well live all of my like Ooh. friends and like people who come to watch my shows love the rock songs and then I love ballads I love to write them but um recently I've gotten into like my pink pantherist vibe yeah and I'm really vibing with that and that's what the vibe of my next song is gonna be and Howdy. I'm so excited cheeky scoop <laughs> <laughs> do you have a lot of music in the pipeline yeah, there's just stuff that I want to release and it's like I'm not releasing it necessarily because I think it'll go well. I'm just releasing it because like these songs mean something to me and I'm sure they'll mean something to someone else. Yeah, lovely. So I'll probably just do it in like an EP when yeah. I'm ready to do that. Nice. So your cover art is is also a great reflection of sort of that classic R&B feel. Um, how do you go about creating this this art and and how do you think that genre plays a part in sort of presenting what's in art well i think that like most things i see of like r&b stuff are like quite plain like and simplistic which i love simple i don't like things to be too messy and too full-on um so like with mr right like with actually all my shoots, I always go on Pinterest and create a mood board. And like after like a couple weeks of adding to it, like every day you'll see, like you'll find a theme and you'll be like, this is what I want. But for Mr. Right, I knew straight away that I wanted like the metallic writing and like the, I wanted it to be like black and I wanted lace and like, it was only later because I found this photographer named Shiv Um and he's insane and he sends back an artist deck. Like you tell him what you want, you send him your Pinterest board and he'll send you an artist deck. Oh, wow. And he's like, this is like what we're going to do for like headshots. This is what we're going to do for cover art. And there was like another person in the cover art and I hadn't really thought of that. And the funny thing is he's like, and I was like, I don't really know who I'd get to be in the cover art for Mr. Right. Like I don't really have any like – friends that would suit that vibe mm. like I kind of wanted like tall like slim but like also like you know like not eastern suburbs white boy <laughs> anyway 
and he's like, oh, my God, I actually know this guy, blah, blah, blah. His name is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no way. That's my god brother. So it's actually my god brother who's, oh, in, wow. the sh- who's in the photo <laughs> shoot with me. Yeah. What a small world. I wow. know. How crazy. I didn't expect that. <laughs> say, the punchlines, they just keep coming in all these <laughs> stories. That's so good. Um, great. Well, we did want to ask about your debut song from 2020, uh, Sneaking. Um, so it's really wonderfully cinematic, a lovely flow. Um, what was important to you when you were putting this out um, as your first song? What was important for it to say about you as a singer-songwriter? I think this song was like in the middle of like kind of the world, like the worlds that I was going to go in. Was I was either going to go into pop or R&B. I knew I was an R&B girly, but I just feel like everyone was kind of trying to push me yep. to the other way because, yeah. Um, but I felt like it was just so good starting ground. I don't know what I wrote this song about because I was like 15 <laughs> and there was no way that I was getting cheated on or whatever at 15. I don't know what it even is about. But... um. It's more just like I would hear like in the playground, like when I was like at lunch, because this was in high school, I'd hear like the older girls in the group, like next to us, like who like we were like all mutual friends with, like talking about like stuff that would happen. So I was like, yeah, this is like a good thing to write about. And I'd always like listen to other, (laughs) I sound like such a stalker. I'd always listen to other people's conversations and like write notes. So I could, like, have something. Oh, that sounds so bad. Right, I mean, you're a musician, so you get the pass, you know. You can, yeah. you can do that. Like it's not creative. in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. It's not like it's a stalker way. way. Yeah. yeah, creative yeah. way, exactly. Yeah. It's like when Thank a, you. an artist, you know, goes into a park and sketches people. Like yeah. That. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so true. That's exactly Which is arguably right. worse. Yeah. <laughs> Much <laughs> worse. Yeah, that's true. I've never that done that. <laughs> <laughs> have you done that? No, I can't draw. <laughs> <laughs> So when you when you released this debut song, how did it feel to put it out there and you know your first piece of art out into the world? It was so good. And like I don't know, I just with your first song, you never know what's going to I mean with every song you never know what's going to happen. But especially like it's your first time releasing music, you will never know. So like for like to get so much love and like all that stuff like it was great was it difficult to put yourself in other people's shoes and kind of write about a hypothetical situation where you really need to extend your empathy to uh connect emotionally not really I would say that just because of the way I've grown up I am a very empathetic person and like also that's like what I like would always write like my songs about like I would write my songs about like my friends who weren't doing well or like my friends who just had like parents passed away or something like that like the way I wrote was like I would write songs for them as like a gift to them to like kind of help them cope like I know it kind of sounds self-conceited no it sounds really nice like yeah my friend's dad passed away and I wrote a song as if it was her like talking to him like and like I can't I don't know it kind of helped her and her mum just like they liked listening to it I can't really say that it helped them cope but no that's really lovely that's that nice lovely. on sneaking just like your other two songs the production's impeccable but you made this back in high school so has your production process changed at all between now and then 
Yeah, I would say I'm definitely just a lot more involved with the production process now. Like I'm more interested than I was when I was like 15 or 16, like because that's what I have been going to uni for. And I just think it's so cool how like different sounds go together. And I think now when I write songs, just because I've had more experience, I like hear different elements in the track and I'm like hey put a ding in that like or like put like there's one song that I have and like we were writing it and it's like quite a sad song and the whole time we were writing it my like producer's chair was squeaking and I was like why don't we record that and like use it as the beat for like the second part of the song so it's like the whole part of the second side of the song is like Anyway, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's just like you hear sounds, which is like kind of what uni's told me. You hear sounds and you're like, that is like, could be cut up into like the tiniest mm. section, but make the biggest difference to the track. Yeah, right. Do you think that hearing sounds and hearing how they can elevate a track is really any different to hearing conversations and thinking about how that subject matter can work in a song? Yeah, I guess well, that's a good point. I guess it's not really like it just... I mean, anyone, well, I guess it takes a certain talent to write songs, but like, I mean, like anyone can like listen to someone talk and like write a story about it or like that takes certain talent too. And like, absolutely, it just, yeah, I think everything nowadays takes work and like, you just got to have like a little bit of like determination. Mm. And I think really... If you put your mind to it, you could write a song. Like, I don't think, like, it could, like, I don't think it could be the hardest thing in the world. It wouldn't be anywhere near as good as what you write, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Basically effortless for me. <laughs> so you've certainly come a long way from taking notes at lunch table in high school. Um, what's been the biggest pinch me moment um, in your music career? Oh, I don't know, because there have been a few. I think when I met my manager, Jordan, um, and he, like, we he would just, like, sit and discuss, like, all the things that he wanted, like, to do with, like, me for my career. And I think, like, the pinch me moment has been, like, those, like, that stuff, like, starting to come, like, starting to happen like I always said like oh like really like Dante knows like it'd be great if I could like perform with him one day um and I did that and then I was like oh I really like this guy for one of a feature in my songs and like the next day that guy is like texting me or like he's I was like I really love this producer and it's my dream to work with this producer and then like the morning I mentioned that he takes me into like Warner and meets like and introduces me to this producer's like A&R and I'm like he like there's been so like many insane moments that I'm like this is like not happening I think a manager also like makes the biggest difference if you're really trying to like get into music like because like I would have no idea yeah what to do and I'd be so stagnant without a manager because like they get you like the live shows which is like what you really need and like Mm. working with other people like it's really hard when you're like kind of like starting out to like be like 
try approach that producer and be like, hey, I really want to work with you and they have no idea who you are and they're probably not going to answer, mm. like, most of the time. You know what I mean? What, was, what did the process look like of finding your manager that helps you speak thing, things into existence? Um, uh, he actually found me. Well. So I only found this out the other day because I haven't been with him super long. Like, I think we – like, I think I met him – in May. All oh, so, right, pretty and recent. Then, like, yeah, nothing was set in. Sorry, nothing was set in stone after that. Um, so yeah, pretty recent. And then, like, he, I only found out the other day when we were at like Warner, and he's like, "Oh, like, do you Just know how I met you?" Yeah, it's so cool. By the way, I was like fangirling and geeking out at everything. I was like running around the whole place, like screaming because <laughs> their like equipment is so cool. Oh, wow. And they just had, who do they have there? I don't know if it was like Sticky Fingers or oh, like another band like that. They just had them like perform like a couple nights ago there. And like, I'm like, I am in the same room as them. Wow. I like just stood. And yeah, anyway, sorry. Off track. What was I saying? Um, He found you. Yeah. Oh, he found me because Shitty Car was... um. Triple J track of the day. All right. And he like listened to it. He's like, this is cool. He'd been looking for a new, like he'd been looking for a female R&B singer for about three years, but he's just very selective. Um, And he approached me um, and we went out for breakfast, me, him, and this guy called Squid the Kid. Yep. And yeah, we got along very well. He's great. And... So we just are connected now. So you mentioned that your manager also helps you get a lot of live gigs mm. and you have a lot of experience with that. What's the difference, have you found, between um, uh, you know, releasing a song online and performing it to a live audience? Performing it to a live audience is definitely a lot more scary. <laughs> um, nothing a little bit of liquid courage can't help. But, um, yeah, live... Live is just awesome. Like, there's a different type of atmosphere and there's a different type of, like, energy and, like, adrenaline and it's so fun. Like, when you, like, release a song at home online, you can just, like, close your laptop and not look at your phone and you just don't know what's happening. Is that and something I could you've do done? that. Yes. Yeah. I, like, refuse to look. I'm, like, a big, like, I need to know what's happening all the time. So, like, I love to, like, look like every day like streams and like who's putting it on their playlist like not that it's like a super big deal but I'm just like I just want to know like I just want to know I want to see what playlists are and what the playlists are called who they're made by and I've put it I've just stopped for this song okay because I'm like I just felt like this one was going to be more of like a slow burner so I was like I'm going to put my laptop down and I'm just not going to look at anything until something exciting comes through and someone else tells me. Um, but, yeah, anyway, live is great. Also, meeting new people and the people that you get to perform with, it's so awesome. Like, it's so fun and, like, it's just it's just a really exciting experience. Awesome. Well, you've mentioned that you have performed with a few other artists. What's it like having to bounce off somebody on stage? Um. Well... I haven't really, well, there's only been one time that I've performed with someone else. Like, when I say I perform, like, with Dante Knows, I meant, like, I supported oh, his right. um, Sydney show for his tour. Um, but he's super cool. Yeah. Like, um, I've worked with his um, 
guitarist before, Tasker, who was like, I he produced for me once. They're like so fun and cool and just like out of their minds crazy. But like that's what made the vibe so good. But like the only other time I've performed with like an artist on stage is when I was like doing I was I sung for my friend Will um at like he did like an EP launch and I sung for him and then I was like how cool would it be in like the dressing room I was like how cool would it be if like we just like all every single one of us got on stage at the end of your show and did an encore and did like a five sauce song so that's what we did and it was so fun what's that song and it's like you look so perfect standing yes we did that song it was so fun so much fun that's sick yeah that's That's awesome yeah it was so fun so that sounds like one of the best uh performance experiences you've had what's some of the worst performance experiences you've had (sighs) oh i can't with this okay so i was at my friend will's gig and like I don't let things affect me too much because I know things go wrong all the time and things happen and it's whatever. Um, I was on stage and I just performed a really, really high song, like super high. And sometimes, very rarely, but occasionally, when I perform a high song and then go into a really, really low register, it just doesn't go. Like it just doesn't get down there. So like I'm trying to sing Mr. Right. Like, the song that I had sung before this was, like, high. Like, I couldn't even try sing it now because I have to mentally prepare right. to get up there. Wow. Um, and I can go pretty high. Like, I'm a mezzo soprano, so, like, I can go both high and low, but this song was just really high, and after going high, like, getting down to Mr. Right, so I was, like, singing, like, I couldn't get down, so I literally just pulled the microphone away and pretended I was like pretending to sing it all it was so bad and I just like looked and I was just so annoyed because that was like my next release and I really wanted to do it well but I'm like you know what everyone's here drunk everyone here is drunk like who cares I'm even drunk so it's okay (laughs) well I mean good on you for just you know working through it and being open about it and you know, it happens. And those happens. those bad gigging exper- uh, experiences always make for the best stories. So. Yeah, and, like, it's a good story. And now I know to not sing that <laughs> song after that high song. Never now again. I always <laughs> do Mr. Right first. Yeah, nice. I mean, it works because it's, like, my latest release. But I'm, like, never doing it last, ever. We have one more question for you. And that is that after each interview, when we have a, a guest on, we like to ask them, to name two songs to be put on our Unitunes playlist of eternity. Um, <laughs> um, one of them is your own song, and one of them is a song that you like that you want to sort of put in our time capsule. Okay. So my own song, probably Mr. Right. Yep. And then the song, um, the other song, P stands for Player mm. by Pania. Cool. She's super cool. Yeah, nice. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's Thanks been for having me. It was so much fun. Oh, great. Um, yeah, it was really interesting hearing from you. I have to say um, your music is very unique in this space at the moment. So when I did discover you, we were both very excited to hear it. And we are just like, we need to talk to you. We need to hear about Oh, thank you so it. much, guys. Thank you. All right. Well, this has been Unitunes. This has been Jazzy Dale. What should anyone listening look out for from you in the near future? Um, a few shows in Sydney and Melbourne and a new release. Exciting. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll keep your eyes open for that. And where can they find you on social media? Um, it's jazzy underscore Dale underscore official. Oh, official. Nice. All right, well, this has been Jazzy Dale official. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for joining us and hopefully we'll see you soon. You will. All right. That's all, folks. (laughs)